Welcome to Chapter 5 of the What Works Best 2020 Update audio paper, produced by the Centre for Education Statistics and Evaluation. In the previous chapter, we heard about the value of using data to inform practice. And now we'll explore assessment and the integral part it plays in teaching and learning programs. Let's begin. Chapter 5, Assessment. Key points. The primary role of assessment is to establish where individuals are in their learning so that teaching can be differentiated and further learning progress can be monitored over time. Assessment is most effective when it is an integral part of teaching and learning programs. Accurate conclusions about student learning are reliant on rigorously constructed assessment tasks, teacher collaboration and the use of marking rubrics. Why it matters. According to researcher and educator Lynn Sharrett, 2019, nothing else matters in teaching and learning as much as quality assessment, that is, data that inform and differentiate instruction for each learner in a never-ending cycle of inquiry to discover what works best. High-quality student assessment supports teachers to monitor student progress and inform next steps, determine the effectiveness of chosen teaching strategies, both for learning and engagement, and to measure student understanding of a unit of work. Assessment is a core and essential component of teaching and learning programs. It is included in Standard 5 of the Australian Professional Standards for Teachers and is one of six elements in the learning domain in the New South Wales Department of Education's School Excellence Framework. Student assessments can be formative or summative. Formative assessments occur during the learning process to give teachers and students feedback about student progress. They can be formal or informal and serve to guide the student's future learning. Summative assessments occur at the end of a course of study or period of time and indicate a student's achievement level against curriculum standards or other defined learning objectives. Studies show that substantial learning gains are possible when teachers introduce a range of formative and summative assessment strategies into their classroom practice. In their influential work on assessment, Black and William, 1998, analysed over 250 studies and found that formative assessment leads to significant learning gains. The formative assessment experiments they studied produced a typical effect size of between 0.4 and 0.7, which is a larger effect size than most education interventions. They also found that improved formative assessment helps low attainers more than other students and so reduces inequities in attainment whilst also raising attainment overall. What the evidence says. Student assessment encompasses the variety of methods that teachers use to evaluate, measure and document the academic readiness, learning progress, skill acquisition or educational needs of students. These include formal examinations, standardised tests, class tests, work samples, analysis of student portfolios and the informal questions, teacher judgments and observations that occur in classrooms. It is only via effective assessment that teachers can know if learning is taking place. Historically, assessment was summative and used to provide information about a student's level of ability rather than as a source of information for teachers to guide and direct students and to reflect on the effectiveness of their own teaching practice. 
Masters 2013, asserts that when assessments focus primarily on judging students' success, they encourage performance cultures rather than learning cultures. He states that assessments should be based on an understanding that learners can be at very different points in their learning, but that despite this, all are capable of progress if motivated and provided with appropriate learning opportunities. Sharrod and Fullen, 2013, reflect this view in their 14 parameters to increase all students' achievement, stating that each student can achieve high standards given the right time and the right support. Therefore, the primary role of assessment is to establish where individuals are in their learning so that teaching can be differentiated and further learning progress can be monitored over time. Assessment is most effective when it is an integral part of teaching and learning programs. Educators need to know that every student is learning by continuously assessing their progress and incorporating that information into daily instruction. With this in mind, Various models for assessment and instruction have been put forward. Sharrod, 2019, articulates five elements of effective assessment practice. Establishing learning intentions that are drawn from the relevant syllabus and clearly describe what students should know, understand and be able to do at the conclusion of a unit of work. Creating success criteria that describe what success looks like in relation to the learning intentions and are co-created by students and teachers. Providing explicit, descriptive feedback to students in a timely manner and ensuring that it is clearly understood by students. Building the capacity of students to peer assess and self-assess using the success criteria as a reference. Developing the capacity for individual goal setting by students, which includes students asking questions such as, what do I need to improve? And what is my next step? Love and Kroll, 2018, note that having clear and explicit success criteria is also important for equity reasons, as they level the playing field by making explicit what success looks like, so students don't have to guess what's on the teacher's mind, a phenomenon that tends to privilege students whose backgrounds are similar to teachers. The inclusion of peer assessment and self-assessment in teaching and learning programs is also widely supported, but capacity building in the use of peer assessment is particularly important in order to circumvent some potential negative aspects, such as issues of poor quality feedback, inconsistent feedback due to social networks within a class, or students' apprehension. Black, 2016, proposes a slightly different model to that put forward by Sharrett, 2019, but which incorporates assessment at various stages. Step one, clear aims. Step two, planning activities. Step three, interaction in dialogue. Step four, review of the learning. Step five, formal summative assessment. Both models recognise that assessment is most effective when it is part of the broader teaching and learning program, rather than just an add-on at the end of a unit of work. Accurate conclusions about student learning are reliant on rigorously constructed assessment tasks, teacher collaboration and the use of marking rubrics. In order for teachers to draw accurate conclusions about student learning, careful consideration needs to be given to the construction of assessment tasks. Masters 2013 identifies four attributes of high quality assessment tasks. Validity, reliability, objectivity, and inclusiveness. 
The validity of an assessment task refers to the degree to which it accurately measures those things the teacher is attempting to measure. The reliability of an assessment task refers to the extent to which it produces stable and consistent results over time and with different learners and assessors. The conclusions drawn from assessments should be objective in that they should not depend on which specific assessment task is used or who does the assessing. This cannot be the case if they are influenced by things such as differences in assessor leniency or an assessor's prior knowledge of a student. Assessment tasks should be inclusive, that is, provide useful information about the achievements and progress of all students. An assessment process should not provide underestimates or overestimates of some students' level of achievement or progress because of their gender, physical ability, cultural background, or geographical location. Drawing accurate conclusions about student learning is also more likely when teachers make judgments against proficiency scales or marking rubrics and when they collaborate. Multiple studies show that well-developed rubrics help students understand and internalise the success criteria, which leads to improved student outcomes. Rubrics are a powerful tool for teachers to communicate and clarify the targets of instruction and they provide rich information about the extent to which the success criteria have been achieved by individual learners. Masters 2013 notes the benefits of teacher collaboration. By collaborating with other teachers, for example through moderation activities, teachers can increase the consistency and comparability of the assessments they make against described proficiency scales. He further adds, for example, when teachers judge student progress against the levels of a developmental continuum in writing, and when their judgments are consistent across different samples and kinds of student writing, and are consistent with the judgments of their colleagues, then writing assessments can be said to be made objectively. Teachers need to have a detailed knowledge of their subject and how learning progresses in that subject. Accurate information about student learning is also reliant on the teacher having a detailed knowledge of their subject and how learning progresses in that subject. Research shows that student abilities in a single school year level are only loosely related to age, with one Australian study finding that within a single year group, achievement differed by as much as eight school year levels. With so much variation in student ability in one cohort, it is essential that teachers know where individual students are up to in their learning, where to take them next, and how best to adapt their instruction to do so. This requires a deep and detailed understanding by teachers of their subject area and an ability to distinguish small increments in progress and be able to test for them. Teachers should also know how learning typically progresses within the subject and be aware of common misunderstandings, errors, and obstacles to learning progress. New South Wales teachers reported having undertaken professional development in assessment in the previous 12 months, but also reported a need for further learning in this area. In late 2017, TALIS asked a sample of 888 lower secondary teachers in New South Wales about their professional development experiences and needs. 73% reported that they had undertaken professional development related to student assessment practice in the past year, and 44% reported having a moderate to high level of need for professional development in this area. 
When asked about the analysis and use of student assessments, 63% reported having undertaken professional development in this area, and 45% reported a moderate to high level of need for it. Implications for schools and teachers. The evidence strongly supports the use of high quality assessment practices as an integrated part of teaching and learning programs. Specific practices include making student assessment part of everyday practice, using assessment to provide students with learning opportunities, designing and delivering high quality formal assessment tasks, carefully structuring group assessment activities to ensure that students are supported, challenged and able to work successfully together. This is the end of Chapter 5 of the What Works Best 2020 update. Chapter 6 on classroom management is now available. To read the full report, please visit the CZ website at cese.nsw.gov.au. This audio paper was written and produced by the Centre for Education Statistics and Evaluation and is read by Rachel.